Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. Glad to be in God's presence this morning. Aren't you glad that the Word of God says, Where there are two or three who are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them also. Hallelujah. You know, the Word of God talks to little crowds. Fear not, little flock. For it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, uh, I'm glad to be in God's presence this morning. I'm glad to, to know that we have a place where we can come and we can enter in and we can come and we can worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. Well, what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? That means that you get to come and you get to experience the presence of God, but you also get to experience the Word of God. Amen. I'm glad that we go to a church where truth is preached. Amen? There's a lot of places you go that you're getting a lot of mess. So you have to be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Amen? Hallelujah. But uh, I, I'm thankful today. My granddaughter Bella has me stirred up. Grandchildren can do that. You know, I, I take her to school just about every day. And uh, each day as we're going, she says affirmations. I started her when she was in kindergarten. I've, I've always took her to school. So when she was in kindergarten on the way to school, I started her saying affirmations on the way to school. So when she was in kindergarten, we started out with things like, uh, I'm going to have a good day today. I'm going to learn new things. I'm going to make new friends. And then as she got a little bit older, we started adding things. I'm a leader. I'm the smartest kid in my class. And then as she got a little bit older, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then, you know, last year everything was all NTI. They were all at home. And I got the privilege of being the homeschool teacher. You will notice that my hair is much more gray than it used to be. But no, she did good with that, but she does better when she's in class with other kids. So this year with the Rona still in full effect, we started adding things again. No plague can touch me. No sickness can harm me because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And, and so we, we do these things. This is an every, everyday routine. We don't turn the radio on. We get in the car and we, we're going to school and we're talking about her day and how she's going to have a good day. And she says her affirmations. Well, a few days ago after she said her affirmations, she started telling me, Papa, when me and Nana go to church on Sunday morning, so we don't turn the radio on. I don't play on my phone. 
Well, what do you do? So we praise God on the way to church. I said, really? And so she's there, and she's sitting in her back seat, in her, in her little uh, booster seat, and she begins to come off with, uh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, you're so good to me. And she just keeps going and she keeps praising God for like two or three minutes, right? Just right there as, as we're, we're heading down the road. And then, and then as we turn onto the street where school is, she said, that's how we get ready for church. So that afternoon when I picked her up, I'm talking to her. How was your day? I had a good day, Papa. So, well, do you think it was because you praised God on your way to school this morning? Say yes, I do, Papa. And it clicked with her. So since then, every day on the way to school, after she says her affirmations that she normally says, she praises God. So she, so that she can have a good day in school. So this morning, is it okay if we take a few minutes just to praise God? Yeah. Just lift up your hands, begin to praise God, thank Him. Um, for his goodness, thank him for his mercy, thank him because he's yes. healing your body. Yes. Thank him because he's answering your prayers this morning. Yes. That little eight-year-old has stirred up something in her papa. I've been praising God more than since she, she did that on the way to school the other day. I've been praising God more during my day. I find myself just during the day whenever I can. God, you're so good to me. Lift up your hands. Praise him this morning. God, you're so good to us this morning, Lord. God, we praise you, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy today, Lord. We honor you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you're bringing healing, Lord, to our bodies, God. Father, that you, oh God, are working, Lord God, things out, Lord, that we don't understand how it's going to be done, God, but you're working it out, Lord. Father, your word says that you would make a way where there is no way, God. We praise you for that this morning, Lord. We honor you, Lord God. We praise you, Lord, for all your goodness and your mercy, Lord. We just worship you, Lord. Praise you, God, that you are good to us, Lord. We honor you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you this morning, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Like I said, that little eight-year-old's got something stirred up in her papa. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It doesn't matter what we're going through. We can find something to praise God for. God, I thank you that I've got air in my lungs. I thank you that I can breathe. I thank you that my heart beats the way that it's supposed to. I thank you that everything in my body functions and lines up with the word of God, and it works the way that it was designed to, God. We honor you, Lord. We praise you, God. We thank you, Lord, for moving today, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Worthy, Lord, you're worthy. Hallelujah. God deserves all praise and honor and glory this morning. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can be seated if you can. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We honor you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Like I said, I've been stirred up all week. 
Hallelujah. God turned something over on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, what we've been doing in our walk with God ain't going to work no more. It ain't going to satisfy. Hallelujah. The way that we've been conducting our lives isn't going to cut it. God's going to begin to whet our appetites for more of Him. God's going to whet our appetites for the things that are going to bring revival in these last days. You've heard Pastor talking about the last days revival. Well, where do you think it's going to start? Well, how do you think it's going to come about? It's going to come from mamas and daddies and grandmas and grandpas that get a hold of the horns of the altar and pray until the Spirit of God saturates everything that they come in contact with. Hallelujah. It's going to come from us seeking God for our children and for our grandchildren. Because you know what? Sometimes we didn't do the best job in the world raising them youngins. Why? Because we's messed up ourselves. So now that we're older and we're a little bit more mature in God, then we got to figure out how do I make them hungry for Him? Get a hold of the horns of the altar and, and just hang on. Pray. You know, there's a, a, a term that was used in the older church that you don't hear very much anymore. That's praying through. Oh, I prayed about it. But did you pray through? Did you tell God, just tell, get down and tell God about it? You know, a, a lot of us, we treat God like Santa Claus. We come and we climb up on his lap and we tell him everything that we want and then we run off because we think that's what we're going to get. But God wants us to sit down and he wants us to talk to him and he wants us to have a conversation with him and he wants us to pray and to seek his face and to stay there and listen to what he wants to tell us. The reason we, do, we run off is because sometimes we don't want to hear what he got to say. We don't want to hear what God, God is, is wanting to speak into us because it's not going to satisfy our flesh. Hallelujah. We've got to stop living our lives any old way we want to. We've got to begin to live a life of holiness. Word of God says, be ye holy even as I am holy. Oh. We don't like that word. That's a four-letter word. We don't like four-letter words. We don't like holy. We don't like fast. We don't like pray. But slack living ain't going to cut it anymore. We got to get real before God. We got to get real in, in, in our relationship. We got to get our relationship right with God. So what are we going to talk about today? title of the message today is On the Edge of a Revival. You know, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, this is what revival is. It's a noun. The definition of revival is an act or instance of reviving the state of being revived, such as renewed attention to or interest in something, 
a new presentation or publication of something old, a period of renewed religious interest, an often highly emotional evangelistic meeting or series of meetings, restoration of force, validity, or effect as to a contract. You know, the church world has been near dead for a long time. Yeah, we go to church and, and we sing praise songs and, and we come in and we lift our hands up and we worship and we leave and we go home the same way that we came in. Church has been on life support for too long. Come to church out of habit or obligation if we come at all. But we don't get involved enough to have a lasting change take effect in our life. Jeremiah 6.16 in the King James says this, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see and ask for the old path, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Man, we're wore out and we're tired and we're beat up all the time and we don't know which way we're going to turn. We're trying to figure things out. And we're so confused and we're wondering, God, I just need some rest. He just told you what to do. Seek out the old paths. Find them. Walk in them. And when you walk in those old paths, when you walk in the ways of holiness, then you're going to find rest for your soul. I didn't read the last part of that verse. And here's what's wrong with the church. But they said we will not walk therein. God's telling us to how to have peace for our souls, but, but we're saying, I ain't going to do that. That doesn't please my flesh. Fast, you say. Well, I got to eat. I got news for you. I could go on a 40-day fast and it wouldn't hurt me at all physically. Some of us could use pushing back from the table every once in a while. But that's the church world today. Don't tell me how to do my walk. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Old, old song from Tom T. Hall from back in the 70s. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got it all worked out. Me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. We don't need anybody to tell us what it's all about. Yeah, you do. A whole lot of times we ain't smart enough to cross the street by ourselves. Brother Dale, you think we need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? Heard somebody say this. Uh, you think we need the Holy Ghost to go to heaven? Maybe you need the Holy Ghost to go to Walmart. I thought that was funny when I heard it. I died laughing. But people don't want nobody telling them what to do. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. I got news for you. 
Jesus doesn't, any, doesn't expect anything, any less out of you than he expects out of me, out of Pastor, out of Pastorette, out of Miss Janet, out of Miss Gracie, out of Brother Pat, out of Miss Karen, out of Miss Ann, Brother Queenie. God doesn't expect any less out of me than he does you. He expects us to live a holy life, a life of consecration to him. You want revival in your life? You want power with God? You're going to have to live a holy life just like everybody else. And get this, revival isn't just a series of meetings. It can't be. Revival is going to have to be a way of life. Yeah, there's revival services and, and, and you, you see and if you follow... What was the young lady's name? Jenny Green. Man, they just had a revival up around Lexington, and then they went down to Red Barn and had a few days revival. And then they left there, and they went to North Carolina, and they had revival, people getting baptized, people getting delivered, people getting set free. Why? Because it's become a way of life for them. Revival has been... Uh, a, a, a way of life you know uh, real revival is in the people that are transforming they go out to begin to try and change the world God's looking for somebody that's willing to be used this morning you know that hallelujah say this with me Lord start a revival, Lord, start a revival. bring the fire of the Holy Ghost, the the Holy Ghost. let someone see revival in me Give me words of life. Let me cause a thirst for you. If you've got your Bibles this morning, we're going to read in John chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. John chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. This is King James. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there's at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of what whatever, whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man said, Answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But when I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It's the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. You know, there's two words for time 
in the Greek. One of them is chronos, which is uh, where we get our word chronological, which means calendar time. Or quantity of time. But in this passage, the second word is you. Kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S. And that deals with quality of time. The actual definition of time here is a divine appointment of God or a favorable time. This word for time, kairos, is used 168 times through the Bible. The Bible took 1,600 years to write. In 1,600 years, that word was used 168 times. And the truth is, we can't miss our Kairos moments in our life. We can't miss the season of troubled waters. We can't miss our divine appointment with God. Who knows when that time, when that Kairos is going to come back again. If we miss our moment because we're being petty, because we're being proud, because we have bitterness in our life, because we have anger in our life. Who knows when that moment will come around again, if ever. 168 times in 1,600 years. You might only have one shot. Word of God says time and chance comes to every man. We have an opportunity to find out, find God. We have an opportunity for God to move in our life. Don't miss it. You know, it's said that the angel at that appointed time, at that certain season, came down and troubled the waters. You see, we don't create the waves. We just get to ride them. So it's essential for us to become like the sons of Issachar. They're mentioned in 1 Chronicles 12.32. The Bible says that they were men who understood the times. We have to be men and women of God who understand the times. Who understand and, and, and can perceive when there's a Kairos moment on us. When that appointment of God is before us. Look around at somebody and say it's time. You know, we're face to face with a Kairos moment this morning. Are you going to engage with it or are you going to miss it? But here's the thing. Can't nobody get your blessing for you. Let's look at verse 7 again there in, in John chapter 5. It says, The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. You know, God's made each one of us a free moral agent. In other words, we have to choose for ourselves. I can't get revival for you. I can't get blessed for you. I might be part of your blessing, but you have to choose it. 
And you have to want it for yourself. If you sit back and wait, you ain't never going to get it. If you're waiting for somebody to package it up just right and come and place it in your lap, it ain't never going to happen. If you're waiting on your pastor to bring revival to you, you're going to be waiting forever. Pastor doesn't carry revival in a briefcase. We got to get it for ourselves. And here's the thing we got to get it for ourselves. Ain't nobody else going to get your blessing for you. But also, ain't nobody else going to wait on you. And because they're not going to wait on you, you can't wait on them. You know, you can't sit and wait for so-and-so to get right. You can't wait for your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your spouse or your neighbor or your parents or your aunts or your uncles before you get into revival. So people say, well, when brother so-and-so gets straightened up, then I'll straighten up and I'll get in. When sister such-and-such -such get, gets right, then I'll get in too. Well, I'm waiting for that one to dance or to shout. And then I'll get in too. I got news for you. I love you, but I ain't going to wait on you. When I feel the Spirit of God, I'm going to worship the way that God tells me to worship. I'm going to do the things that God tells me to do. If God tells me to dance, I'm going to dance, and I don't care if I look like a chicken strutting. God tells me to run, I'm going to run. I don't care how out of breath this fat man gets. I'm going to do what God tells me to do, and I'm not going to wait on it, and you shouldn't wait on me either. When the opportunity presents itself, I'm going. You should too. Get in while the waters are troubled. Can you imagine this scene? The angel comes down and troubles the waters, and it's a mad rush to get to the water. Angel comes through and stirs the water up and, and the blind man hears a cry. The waters are troubled. So he starts running. Got to get in the water. First one in the water is going to get healed. So he begins to make that sprint toward the water. But in his blindness, he trips over the lame man's cane. And he jumps up and he turns around and he starts yelling at who he thinks is the blind man, but he's yelling at somebody that seems not to be paying any attention to him. That's because he's yelling at the deaf man that can't hear him. All the while, the mute man is trying to direct traffic with sign language, but nobody understands what he's doing. And a huge dog pile takes place on the pool's edge because everybody's trying to get there. And the blind man, in his anger, turns his C&I dog loose on the crowd. 
They're fighting to get in. The waters are troubled. The first person that gets in the water is going to get healing for their body. They're going to be changed forever. We got to get, got to get there. We got to be the first one in. So they're fighting and they're trying to get in and they're wanting to get in there. They're desperate for the move of God. There's truth there. We got to get desperate for the move of God in our life. Had an old pastor that used to say, either get in, get out, or get ran over. Well, we got to get in. We got. We got. We, we got to. Revival is ready. If you haven't been here on Wednesday night, you're missing it. Revival's ready. Revival is waiting on us. You know, if you get in the way of revival, if you wait on somebody else, you might get trampled because there's desperate people that want to move a God. And they're wanting God to move in their life. And they got situations that they need changed and they're, they're ready for God to do something. You better get out of the way. They're going to run you over. We're coming through. We're not going to wait. So who gets the blessing? The ones that's in the right place. The ones who are positioned appropriately are the ones that get the blessing. So who got the blessing when the waters were troubled? Who, who got healed when the waters were troubled? The first one that got in. Why, after 38 years, had this man not been the first one in the water? Why, after all this time, had he not been the first one in to get healed? Why, after being beaten time and time again into the water, didn't he position himself appropriately? I got news for you. If I was that blind, that man that, that, that needed that healing... I, I think that I would say, when you bring me, take me and lay me up on the edge and prop something up behind my back so that all I got to do is when the water is troubled, all I got to do is move my arm and I'm falling in. But after 38 years, he was still there and he was still waiting. Who got blessed and healed? The ones that were close to the water. Why, after 38 years, wasn't he laying on the edge of that pool? Like I said, I'd have been hanging over, that, over the edge of that thing every day. Hey, me, prop me up there. All I got to do is jerk my arm and I fall in. I'd be the first one in. So my question for today is, Who's going to experience revival? The ones that position themselves appropriately are going to be the ones who experience revival. Where's the appropriate position? As close to the water as you can get. You can't be a long way off and expect to get in the pool when the water's troubled. 
you got to get ready now. And that's what people are saying. Oh, revival's coming. There's going to be a great last day revival, but they ain't doing nothing to get ready for it. We got to get ready. We got to position ourselves. We got to get close and we got to stay close. We got to camp out near the water. Don't miss it. Don't skip. Don't blink. Be ready. Get ready and stay on the edge. Get on the edge of revival. So when the Spirit of the Lord begins to move, all you've got to do is step into it and begin to work. Let's look at verses 6 and 7 again. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. You know, it seems like Jesus asked a silly question there, or did he? He asked a man that's been sick for 38 years if he wants to be healed. But here's the thing. That's a yes or no question. When Jesus saw him lying, knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be healed? Yes or no? Used to get on my nerves so bad when I would ask my children a question, and then it's a yes or no question. And then they start to give me a big explanation. I, I don't, yes or no. Stop talking. Yes or no. But you don't understand it. Yes or no? But Jesus asked him if he wants to be healed. That's a yes or no question. But look at his answer. He doesn't say yes. He doesn't say no. He makes an excuse. He'd become comfortable in his sickness. He had become comfortable in that present state. He had become comfortable with how he was and where he was at in life. He was comfortable with the routine of coming to the pool every day. After 38 years of the same routine, the 38 years of making friends at the pool, if I get healed, I won't see my friends. He was satisfied where he was. Now let's come to today. Jesus is troubling the waters. And he's asking you, do you want revival? It's a yes or no question. But all too often our answer is like the, the man who laid there at the pool. We're comfortable with our sickness called sin, and so we start making excuses. We're comfortable with our present spiritual state. And some of us have been in the same spiritual state for 40 years, for four years, for four months, whatever the length of time it is. We've become comfortable with the mess that we're living in, and so we don't want change. 
we're happy coming and playing church instead of coming and being the church. But I can't get into revival because so-and-so sitting on that row over there hurt my feelings. I can't get into revival because my past won't let me. I just can't get into revival because this revival just doesn't push my buttons. I can't get into revival because these songs just are not my style. I can't get into revival because the preaching isn't fiery enough. I can't get into revival because the preacher, he didn't pray for me personally. He didn't call me up and tell me what was wrong in my life. If he did call you up and tell you what was wrong in your life, you'd get mad at him. So I can't get into revival because of all these things. What we got to do is we got to learn that there's no excuses allowed. It's a yes or no question. Do you want revival? Yes or no? If you want revival, then you've got to be willing to do what it takes to get revival. We've got to make up our mind that we want revival so bad that we'll take it any way that we can get it and at any cost. If God sends a cinnamon revival and our favorite color vanilla, flavors vanilla, we, we, we're going to get in. We want God to send a Caucasian revival and he sends a brown or a black revival. We've got to be willing to get in. We've got to be willing to get to where God wants us to be so that we can move and, and make changes in our life. You know, if we prefer fast songs, but revival comes through slow ones, get over it. Get in. Get saved. We like choruses and revival comes through hymns. Get over it. Belt out, I surrender all and get, keep going. No excuses allowed. You know what the proof of desire is? Pursuit. When I started talking to Miss Shannon, she didn't want to talk to me. Finally wore her down. <laughs> we were talking, we were friends, we, we had mutual friends, so we were talking and we were getting to know each other. And I asked her out. She said, I'll tell you what, I'll go out with you if you can sing this song. She thought she had me. Can't even remember the name of the song now. Is that all that song? She's like, yeah. So I started singing it to her. She said, okay, where you want to go? <laughs> Thank God for that. Thank God that my mama... Drug me to church all the time when I was a kid, so I knew old songs. 
but the proof of desire is in pursuit. What you desire, you'll pursue. What you desire, you'll go after and you'll work toward and you'll try and make a way to get there. We got to re de desire revival so bad that we'll take it in any way, shape, or form that it comes and be willing to get in and work. But the good thing is you don't have to get to the water. You know, that man, he was waiting for the, the troubling of the water and, and then the first person to, to get in. We don't have to try and get to the water. The water comes to us. Jesus is that living water. The Holy Ghost working in us and coming out of us. Man, it, it comes to us. We don't have to get to it. It, it comes to us. We just got to be willing to say yes and have revival. And when you're having revival, people will try and box you in. Verse 10 and 11 in John chapter 5 says this. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it's the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. So if you begin to experience revival, somebody's going to come and they're going to try and clean it up. They're going to try and formalize it. They're going to try and place tradition on it. Well, you've got to do things this way and this way and this way. There's going to be somebody that doesn't like the way that you sing, dance, shout, or pray. And when somebody comes to you and they begin to complain about it and tell you, you can't do it like that. Answer them. Jesus said do it. Jesus told me to do it. I'm doing it. When you know that God said dance, when you know that he said shout with a voice of triumph, when you know that he said to run, others might try and box you up. Well, we never did it that way. Maybe that's why you never had revival. You're in the flesh. You know, I'm convinced that a lot of times we're more scared of being in the flesh than we are of being dead. Do what you feel like God said to do and let him make up the difference. Err on the side of life rather than death. I was in a church service years ago and, and somebody was wanting the Holy Ghost. And they'd come up and they'd ask the preacher to pray for him and he he had looked at him. he said, haven't I already prayed for you to get the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Why don't you have it? Well, I haven't. Why haven't you spoken in tongues? Was his next question. So I got news for you. Speaking in tongues isn't for anybody else but you. And so he, he said, well, why haven't you spoken in tongues? And they said, well, I'm afraid I'll be in myself. And he looked at them and he said, well, who else is in there? Ain't nobody but the Holy Ghost in you. And either one of you speaking is fine. It's when you get somebody else in there speaking that's a problem. They got the Holy Ghost that night. 
They accepted it. They got it. They began to move and began to work in their life. Err on the side of life rather than death. If you know God said do it, answer him like that man did. Keep on trucking. He told him, the man that made me whole told me to do it, told me to carry this, so, you know, there's that. You know, he, the man that made me whole. I've been laying there next to this pool for 38 years. I, I've been crippled for 38 years. I haven't been able to walk. Somebody's had to carry me in, set me down. The evening come in, they pick me up, and they take me home. Somebody feeds me, bathes me, takes care of me. But this guy came along, and he said, do you want to be made whole? And I told him, well, you know, I don't have anybody to help me in the water. And he said, take up their bed and walk. So I did. See you guys later. I'm going home. He kept on walking. You notice whenever they confronted him, he didn't sit back down there and wait another 38 years for something to happen. He got up and he walked on. He went home. We got to do the same thing. When the devil laughs at us, when people laugh at us, when friends laugh at us, when neighbors laugh at us because them people done lost their mind. They're living in revival. Somebody comes along and says, hey, you're making a fool of yourself. I'd rather be a fool for Christ than a fool for the devil. Just look at them and tell them, Jesus told me to do it. See you. Just remind them of who told you to do it and walk on in victory. God wants revival in your life. God wants revival in my life. He wants us to come together and be the church. You know, we've got this thing where we want to come to church. No, we've got to be the church. This is just a tabernacle. This is just a building where the church comes to meet. So listen and tell me, does any of these apply to you? If you're here and you want revival, but you've been waiting on somebody else. Or if you're not positioned appropriately and you need to get closer to the water. If you've been making excuses. You know, a lot of times we make excuses. If you've been letting people box you in. Are you ready for revival? Yeah, we're ready for revival. Let's stand up and pray. Hallelujah. Father God, we're thankful today, Lord God, for the opportunity you've given us to come to your house, Lord. God, together with your people, Lord God, to come and deliver this word today, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that we weren't too harsh, Lord, but God, that your word come across, Lord God. Father, and we realize, Lord, that we need revival. 
God, that we need to be the church, Lord God, instead of coming to church, Lord God. Father, help us, Lord, that we would stop, Lord God, waiting on other people, God, and let us get ready for ourselves, Lord. God, let us get positioned appropriately so that we can be used in this revival, Lord God, so that your spirit can work through us to bring souls and add them to the kingdom of God. Lord, we honor you today, Lord God. Help us to stop making excuses and stop looking, Lord God, for ways to get out of things, Lord God. But help us, Lord God, to be ready for revival. Lord, let us seek your face. Let us do the things that you have called us to do, Lord. We honor you today, God. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace and your mercy today, Lord God. Let us go away from here changed, Lord God. Let us come, Lord God, into your house, Lord, when we come together. Father, to be the church, Lord God, let us come and worship you, Father, give you praise, give you glory. Let us hear the word, let us take the word, hide it in our heart, Lord, that we might not sin against you, as David said. God, and let us leave here, Lord, on fire, ready, Lord God, to win souls to the kingdom, Lord God. Let us be the church instead of coming to church, Lord. God, we honor you, Lord, for everything that you've done. Ask you, Father, that you just move. Help us, Father, to walk, Lord God, according to your ways, to do your will to seek your face, Lord. We honor you. We give you praise today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you all today. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.